If we take a look at the presidential race, um, Trump actually loses 261 votes from what? the official votes. What? Um, Biden gains 99. And um, so we can say that the, the ballots that were provided to us to count in the Coliseum um, very accurately correlate with the official campus numbers. Huh. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. Who could have guessed it? I got the feeling that something right. Mr. Cyber Ninja. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Hmm. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Here I am. Stuck in the middle with you. Oh, yes. Here I am from Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles. This is the broadcast as heard on KPFK. 90.7 FM in L.A., 98.7 in Santa Barbara, 93.7 in San Diego, 99.5 in Ridgecrest and China Lake. Also in California in Red Bluff and Redding. On KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, Eureka's KGOE, up in Oregon on the Central Coast. On KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU, Columbus, Ohio's WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Rochester, New York's WRFZ, down in New Orleans on WHIV, out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ, Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast to coast and around the globe every day for your listening convenience. On the internets, on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, and Detour Talk, blanketing planet Earth five days a week. I'm Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, and all-around swell fellow, says me, from bradblog.com. Thank you very much for joining us today. So last week, Thursday, I believe it was, on the Bradcast, we were, uh, we were the first in the nation to break the news nationally that the hand-counted results of some 2.1 million hand-marked paper ballots from the long-awaited so-called audit of Maricopa County, Arizona, by the partisan conspiracy theorists who call themselves the Cyber Ninjas, had found, in fact, that not only did Joe Biden defeat Donald Trump as previously certified in the state, Joe Biden actually won about 360 more votes uh, in in Phoenix than uh, Maricopa County had originally certified him as winning. At least the margin, his margin of victory over Donald Trump grew during that count. Yes, if you were listening to the broadcast that day, you knew about it before the rest of the nation. That said... If you heard the show, you also know that I had just obtained that information, uh, the information that I needed to report that just moments before airtime and, and, and was even going through some of it live on the air for the first time uh, as Desi was helping me figure out what what was what with all of these <laughs> pages I was going through. Hi, Desi. Yes, Doyen. that was fun. Hi. 
Uh, it was a, a day that I had otherwise planned to open the show with a very long and detailed segment explaining the looming dangers of Mitch McConnell and congressional Republicans' plan to endanger the global economy by voting against raising the nation's statutory debt limit, the so-called debt ceiling. Uh, approval by Congress to borrow the money needed to pay the nation's bills for, uh, you know, spending and tax cuts and so forth that Congress has already approved, stuff that has already been paid for. Now we just need to, you know, borrow the money in order to cover it. For example, the record $8 trillion in debt that was rung up during the Trump administration when Donald Trump was in control, when Republicans controlled Congress, etc., now the U.S. has to borrow the money to pay those bills from that $8 trillion in debt that was rung up. And now the Republican Party has decided that they will vote against doing so in what Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer last week aptly described as a massive dine and dash by the Republican Party. Yeah, it's like the Republicans first voted to spend the money and now they're voting against paying the bill. Correct. Uh, but in this case, uh, in doing so, it, it's a dine and dash that will result in the U.S. defaulting on its good faith and credit for the first time in the nation's history. And unless action is somehow taken to work around this GOP blockade that could plunge the nation uh, and the rest of the world into a global recession... Uh, if something doesn't happen, we are in big, big trouble. So last Thursday, I spent about 10 or 15 minutes at the top of the show breaking that blockbuster news and the rather hilarious news about these cyber ninjas and their failed Arizona audit, which once again found that Joe Biden defeated Donald Trump. Explaining the, the 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 data as it was sort of coming into coming into me live, and I moved my detailed and well crafted thirty minutes of explanation of the incredibly important debt ceiling fight, which had been getting very little attention at the time. I moved that to the B block of the show. Of course, what got all the attention? Well, the ten or fifteen news about Arizona. Uh, 10 or 15 minutes of news uh, uh, about the audit and the debt ceiling stuff. Well, that sort of disappeared into the ether. So maybe today I'm going to try to reverse things a little bit. The debt ceiling fight is still very much alive and still very much threatening the U.S. and the global economy as Republicans are leaving the Democrats on their own to somehow try to figure out how to suspend or lift the debt ceiling so that we can pay our bills as Republicans vote against doing so and or filibuster those efforts. So let me hit a few points uh, on, on where that story is at this moment, and then I'll be joined by a guest to discuss the fallout from the Arizona Audit Theater clown show that's been going on over the last five months and that came to a ridiculous crashing conclusion last week. John Brakey, who has uh, jo who joined us on the show at the very beginning of this so-called audit as it got underway back in uh, April, I believe it was, when it was scheduled to run just about three weeks. And then again, in I think it was May, he joined us after his explanation that the ninjas were looking for bamboo in the ballots after that went viral, uh, that they were looking for the bamboo to prove somehow that they were fakes, that uh, the ballots were stuffed into the ballot box somehow by China last November. Now, Brakey, by the way, he had told us uh, about this search for the bamboo uh, for the first time on this show. 
first time he was here. But it was a video interview of him later that was taken out of context by a local reporter that made it look like he believed there was bamboo in in those ballots. Yes, that guy, the bamboo guy, John Brakey, he will be here for a bit. Um uh, in a bit, uh, for uh, somewhat of a post-mortem, now that the audit has ignominiously wrapped up, even as the MAGA mob appears hell-bent on using false claims from that audit, so-called audit, to continue their pretend stop-the-steal madness in Arizona and now in other states, including Pennsylvania and Michigan and Texas. Yes, Texas where they plan to run similar sore loser audits of the 2020 election all of these months later. So Breaky will be here shortly. And if time allows, uh, maybe we'll take some of your questions for him about the AZ audit clown show that he was inside of over, over the past five months at 818-985-5735, 818-985-KPFK if you'd like to line up right now. Okay, but first up, quickly and importantly, uh, however, as the uh, Washington Post editorial board warned over the weekend, the White House has instructed federal agencies to prepare for an imminent government shutdown in case Congress fails to pass a stopgap funding bill by September 30. Government uh, shutdowns, they note, are expensive and disruptive, and they deservedly sully the nation's image and sense of self-respect. But at this point, they, say, they note, a lapse in government services should be the least of Americans' worries. The nation faces an epochal financial disaster. If Congress fails to raise the debt limit, forcing the country to default on its obligations and inviting a global financial panic. Hey, welcome to the new week. If that happens, they note there will be no doubt about who is at fault. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and his Republican caucus who are playing games with the full faith and credit of the United States. Democrats, they note, joined with Republicans to suspend the debt ceiling during the Trump administration. But McConnell suddenly declares that the majority in Congress is now solely responsible somehow for performing this unattractive task, even though he pioneered the routine use of, a, of the filibuster to force any and all legislation to overcome a 60-vote threshold, which means, by the way, Democrats can't really do it without help from the Republicans. Meanwhile, Washington Post editorial board notes the Treasury is on the verge of running out of money. Remember, that's money that Mitch McConnell and his Republicans already voted to spend or to give back to corporations and the wealthy in their $2 trillion tax cut, for example, back in 2017, which no Democrats voted for, even though they still joined Republicans in voting to raise the debt ceiling when it came time to pay for that bill. National default should be unthinkable, the Post writes, and the need to avoid default should not be viewed as a political opportunity. Time's up, they warn. It's hard to see how anyone professing patriotism could willfully risk inflicting this kind of harm on the nation Republicans with any sense of responsibility should band together and help pass a clean debt limit increase, writes the Post. Of course, there no longer seem to be any Republicans in Congress with any sense of responsibility. So I'm not sure who it is that Washington Post is talking to. 
But this now leaves Democrats to figure out how to somehow raise or suspend the debt limit without any help from the GOP. That and figuring out how to keep the government open, that's a separate issue. And, oh yeah, passage of the $1.5 trillion infrastructure bill, the $3.5 trillion Build Back Better agenda, and the protection of voting rights via the Freedom to Vote Act. That's just some of what is on Congress's immediate agenda this week. In what House Speaker Nancy Pelosi described in a letter to colleagues over the weekend, advising them to brace for, quote, a time of intensity. Awesome, because things have been pretty chill up till now, don't you think? (laughs) Yeah, just what we needed. Yeah. Well, that's what we got, whether we need it or not. Pelosi on Sunday reiterated her criticism of Republicans' brinksmanship on the debt ceiling amid their refusal to help their Democratic colleagues with suspending it, despite Democrats having voted repeatedly to raise the debt ceiling throughout the Trump administration, including when, when, when Republicans held the majority in both the House and the Senate. Appearing on ABC this week, Pelosi was asked whether she has confidence that the government will avoid default, given how Republicans have made clear the suspension of the debt ceiling through December 2022 is dead on arrival in the Senate, that suspension that was passed by the U.S. House. Pelosi replied that Republicans' standoff on the debt ceiling is, quote, irresponsible beyond words. Isn't that irresponsible beyond words? The full faith and credit of the United States should not be questioned. That's in the Constitution of the United States, uh, 14th Amendment. So look at that. It's in the Constitution of the United States. There is a school of thought that says we don't even have to have these votes. But we do. We, As of now, we still do have to have it. And we cooperated on three occasions when President Trump was president in order to lift the debt ceiling. Even to have the discussion that it could possibly be in, uh, in, in default, it lowers our, it did the last time, lowered our credit rating. Who said it more articulately than Mitch McConnell at the time? You cannot play Russian roulette with a debt ceiling and the well-being of our economy. And she's right. Um, it, our, our, uh, our credit rating for the U.S. was actually lowered the last time that Republicans played this brinksmanship back in 2011. As to what it says in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution, it does say that the full faith and credit of each state and of Congress must be recognized. And it is uh, arguable that Congress, already having acted to spend the money, does not constitutionally actually need to pass some law to approve borrowing the money to pay for what has already been spent. As to what Mitch McConnell has said in the past when it came to raising the debt ceiling, when there was a Republican in the White House and Republicans controlled the Senate, well, here he is in 2019. This is just the year before last on Fox News when he was asked if he would allow the debt ceiling to be lifted to pay the nation's bills. So you are expecting then to raise the debt ceiling once again? Of course. We will never never have America default. Well, we raise the debt ceiling because America can't default. I mean, that would be a disaster. Jesus, what a jerk. Now, with Democrats in control of the White House and both chambers of Congress, even after Democrats voted with Republicans to raise the debt ceiling three times under Donald Trump, including for spending that all Democrats had voted against, here's McConnell's bad faith on the debt ceiling now. Republicans are united in opposition to raising the debt ceiling. Right. 
other than that, uh, we can't let the uh, we can't let the United States, the U.S. government, default. Well, that was 2019. Pelosi reiterated on Sunday that Republicans stand off on the debt ceiling is, quote, totally irresponsible and that she hopes that the business community would speak out on the impasse due to its, quote, devastating impact on the country's credit rating as well as the global economy. Totally irresponsible. So let's hope that the Republicans will find some, le- some enough of them, uh, find some level of responsibility to our country to honor what's in the Constitution, that we not question uh, the full faith and credit of the United States of America. They know full well what the consequences are. They preached it when the former president was in office, and we always cooperated. It's always been bipartisan, and it should be again. Of course, they know full well. They don't care. They don't care if this country comes crumbling down around them. They feel that that is good for them politically. Last week, as we noted at the time, Pelosi ripped Republicans' brinksmanship on the debt ceiling during her weekly press conference, reminding reporters that Democrats have voted alongside Republicans year after year to raise the debt ceiling throughout the Trump administration. Uh, The full faith and credit is a national debate. It's a national debate. And why should it be that we as Democrats always come to the rescue when it's a Republican president? And we're not coming to the rescue of the president. We're coming to the rescue of our economy, of families and the interest they pay on loans and their job security and the rest of that. That's the debate that we have to have. So that is sort of where we are. As this week begins and as votes are being held, I believe at this hour on uh, both a continuing resolution to keep the government open after September 30 when the new fiscal year begins and to raise the debt limit so we can continue to pay our bills and avoid a first time ever in history default on the fa- on the uh, uh, the good faith and credit of the United States government, perhaps the least reported on the issues on the agenda in Congress uh, over this past week or so, but arguably it is the most critical. So I'm just just to help you get your footing as a potential whirlwind week gets underway in Congress, that's where we start. We will no doubt be discussing all of the other critical votes coming to the floor this week uh, on the actual Biden agenda and on voting rights and such. But clearly this is what the GOP is now doing To not just gum up the works, but to frankly bring the country down rather than, you know, actually work with the majority party in some constructive manner as the loyal opposition. But the Republican Party no longer has any governing agenda. I'm going to have to say that over and over and over again. There is nothing they actually believe in other than obstruction and trying to steal elections. And it is on that second point, the attempt by Donald Trump and his supporters to steal the 2020 election. And make no mistake, that's what they were intending to do. That is what, in uh, to some respect, they are still trying to do now, the 2020 election, in this case, in Arizona, by pretending that Democrats somehow stole it. That's where we're going to pick things up today. On Friday, after we first broke the news on Thursday and all of the national media then followed that the uh, privately run and publicly funded audit of the 2020 Maricopa County, uh, Phoenix, Arizona election ended 
spectacularly with a uh, just a, a unspeakable failure with a full hand count that was almost exactly. I say it was a failure. It was a success in one sense, but for the cyber ninjas, it was a failure. It ended with almost exactly what the Dominion voting system tabulators had originally reported. The partisan cyber ninjas had buried that pretty important piece of the story, the fact that their hand count matched up with the originally certified Dominion count. They had buried that in volume three of their three-volume final report on the audit that they gave to the GOP-controlled Arizona State Senate. It was because they had hoped to bury that news. Way back in Volume 3, and we thought it was important enough to break the news as early and as loudly as possible on this show to try and make sure that that part of the story did not get lost as the ninjas were clearly trying to bill bar that news, if you know what I mean. Happily, the other national uh, outlets that followed us took our lead in putting that information up front in most of their reporting. That, nonetheless, did not keep the ninjas from throwing up a whole lot of what I regard as smoke and mirrors. We'll see if my guest agrees, claiming that there were all sorts of ballots that they they just couldn't account for. Tens of thousands of them, where they came from. If they were legally cast or not, as they spent some three hours, the cyber ninjas did, in a Friday hearing in the Arizona State Senate while we were on air, they spent time pretending that after their three-week audit went on for five months, there were just still too many questions that they could not answer about these tens of thousands of votes in a state that Joe Biden won by just over 10,000. They ranked a number of their concerns by importance, beginning with several that they described as critical, suggesting these questions were the ones that could prove the election was stolen, asking the state attorney general to investigate these concerns, these critical concerns, which, by the way, had these inexperienced clods bothered to actually consult with election experts, their so-called critical questions would have been answered in pretty short order and revealed as not actually critical at all. Thankfully, the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors, which is uh, four out of five of them, I believe, are Republicans, and its new county recorder, who is also a Republican, they were all fact-checking the ninjas during that Senate, state Senate hearing in real time. For example, on the Maricopa Supervisor's Twitter feed last Friday, responding to some of these so-called critical claims of tens of thousands of mysterious and or illegal ballots that were supposedly cast in Maricopa last November, uh, on their Twitter feed from Maricopa County, claim 23,344 mail-in ballots were voted from a prior address. That was one of the critical claims from the Cyber Ninjas. Well, that sounds that sounds bad. That sounds illegal if you don't know what you're talking about, especially in a statewide race that was won by just over 10,000 votes. As the county explains, bottom line, Cyber Ninjas still don't understand this is legal under federal election law. To label it a critical concern, they say, is either intentionally misleading or staggeringly ignorant. Arizona senators should know this, too. They go on to give an example, uh, several examples here. For uh, One, uh, military and overseas voters can cast a federal-only ballot despite living outside of the U.S. The address, however, that is tied to their ballot would be their 
prior address in Arizona. So, hey, Republicans, if you want to throw out those ballots, well, you're throwing out military ballots in the bargain. Another example, people are allowed to move from one house to another or even from one state to another in October and November of an election year. They note snarkily, yes, shocking. If the driver's license address matches the voter registration address, those voters are still allowed to vote. In addition, there are snowbirds, uh, people who come out to Arizona at uh, you know one time of year, live may live elsewhere another part of the year. Snowbirds, college students. Uh, who tend to have forwarding addresses when they are out of the county. So they may appear to be voting from a different address, even when their actual residence is in the county where they are registered. All the stuff that any legitimate elections experts would have explained to the ninjas before they issued a report and testified to the state Senate with these critical concerns as if this was some sort of evidence of some sort of a massive crime. One other claim before we get to our break and our guest. 10,342 potential voters that voted in multiple counties. Well, that sounds bad. You're only allowed to vote in one place. Well, the Maricopa County uh, Board of Supervisors explains on their Twitter feed, bottom line, there are more than 7 million people in Arizona. And yes, some of them share names and birth years. To identify this as a critical issue, they say, is laughable. They offer this explanation. More than 10,000 votes in multiple counties is unlikely. More likely, they say, different people with the same name. For example, if you search for Maria Garcia, born in 1980, you will get seven active voters in Maricopa County and 12 statewide all named Maria Garcia, all born in 1980. If they each voted, that is not one voter voting 12 times. It's 12 Maria Garcias, each voting once. And as the uh, county notes, that's just one name. They add, if Cyber Ninjas understood data analysis, they would have performed standard processes to rule out situations that lead to faulty conclusions. So you get the idea. I'm not going to bother to fact check each and every one of their dozens of claims, pretty much all of which are easily explainable if the ninjas who had absolutely no experience in election audits, much less audits of any kind, but were hired for this job by the GOP Arizona State Senate anyway with taxpayer dollars, if those ninjas had bothered to run any of this by election administration experts. But they didn't because this was never a good faith exercise. Otherwise, they, they wouldn't have done all of it in secret, which meant that over the past five months, because the public wasn't allowed to see what they were actually doing and follow along with what they were actually doing over the past five months, we had to turn to one of the few insiders who refused to sign a non-disclosure agreement, but was somehow allowed inside the audit to work as an assistant to Arizona's uh, Republican former Secretary of State, Ken Bennett. Bennett had been tapped by the Senate as their liaison to the audit. Well, that man, his assistant, was John Brakey, 
And he was made famous nationally when he described the ninja's hunt for bamboo in the paper of the ballots to somehow prove that China had somehow inserted thousands of fraudulent ballots into Maricopa's election somehow. That man, John Brakey, joins us next on the broadcast, uh, and maybe we'll find out if they did find any bamboo in those ballots, and if time allows, maybe we'll get some of your questions for John Brakey and me on all of this at 818-985-5735. I'm Brad Friedman, and you are listening to the broadcast. I just don't think he'd understand. Ha! And if you tell my heart, my Aggie Berkey heart, he mightn't blow up and kill this man. Welcome back to the broadcast. Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. That is for my guest and longtime friend and election transparency champion, John Brakey, uh, who you may know as the bamboo guy from the Arizona audit by the uh, Cyber Ninjas, which uh, who last week they were forced to admit that their hand count of all 2.1 million ballots in the presidential and Senate race uh, in Arizona, which Democrats won in the state as well last year, the ninjas were, in fact, f- forced to admit that that count was accurate. With the uh, Democratic candidates in both the presidential race, Joe Biden, and senatorial race, Mark Kelly, each actually widening their margin over the Republicans, according to the ninja's own hand count. But you had to we- read way into volume three of their report last week that we broke on this show before anyone else to learn that, uh, in fact, yeah, the hand count matched up with the computer count. And you had to pay really close attention to the three-hour presentation in the Arizona State Senate last week by uh, lead ninja Doug Logan to hear the less-than-one-minute time that was spent uh, on this admission. If we take a look at the presidential race... Um, Trump actually loses 261 votes from the official votes. Um, Biden gains 99, and Jorgensen loses 204 votes. Um, and again, um, these are all you know very small numbers when we're talking about 2.1 million ballots. These are very small discrepancies. Um, so we can say that the 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 ballots that were provided to us to count in the Coliseum um, very accurately correlate with the official campus numbers. Oh, did they? Really? What do you know? Who could have guessed it? In uh, covering this massive fail for the ages by the Cyber Ninjas Stop the Steal MAGA mob in Arizona, a stunt, by the way, that will cost taxpayers millions of dollars, Jen Fifield and Robert Englin at Arizona Republic quoted experts decrying the entire clown show. This started with malice aforethought, said Larry Moore, the founder of Boston-based Clear Ballot Group. In the service of malicious intent, they wrapped themselves in this concept of election integrity, and they perverted it, he said. Jennifer Morell, a partner at the Elections Group, a national elections consulting firm, said that if the contractors had experience in elections work, none of this would have actually happened. The contractor, she said, should have started by learning and understanding each step for counting a vote. They don't even understand what their processes are, she said. The contract uh, contractor's lack of understanding of the county's experience only allowed them to raise questions 
not to come up with conclusions. They really missed the mark, she says. Alex Halderman, the University of Michigan computer scientist and engineering professor who specializes in election security, a guest on this show a number of times over the years, he said he was surprised that the contractors did not find more problems with the county's election management system and their voting machines made by Dominion. Halderman is often paid to identify vulnerabilities in voting systems. He knows they exist. He knows the vulnerabilities that exist in the Dominion voting systems that were used in Arizona. They didn't ask him to help out for some reason. He said it's incredibly underwhelming what they came up with. There are real election issues, but that's not addressed with the level of sophistication that they were applying in this audit. It seems the contractor's main goal was to raise questions for people to hang on to, for people to remain skeptical about, said Holderman. I'm amazed that with millions of dollars and months to complete this audit, the bottom line is simply that the election system counted the ballots correctly. John Brakey, a longtime Tucson election transparency activist who served as a consultant for the audit team, he criticized the Friday presentation uh, as, quote, Awful, according to the Arizona Republic. It's a hell of a grift, Brakey said. Broadcast listeners may recall John Brakey on this show several times over the past uh, several months. It was here that the longtime progressive activist who was serving as an aide to the Republican former secretary of state in Arizona, Ken Bennett, who was overseeing the audit as the liaison to the state Senate. It was here that um, Brakey mentioned the ninjas were hunting for bamboo in ballots to suggest that they came from China somehow. It wasn't until a local reporter, however, took his comments out of context that John Brakey became famous for them. But his full remarks at the time revealed that he was skeptical from the start about all of this, and he even said so at the time and on this show, by the way. And he explained that he was working with the audit to try and help ungaslight people. The other day at the press conference, you were talking about bamboo. What was that about? Well, is that there's accusations that 40,000 ballots were flown in to Arizona into Arizona and it was stuffed into the box, okay? And it came from the southeast part of the world, Asia, okay? And uh, and what they're doing is to find out if there's bamboo in the paper. And so they're doing all sorts of testing to prove if it was or wasn't, and that's very important because the only way you can persuade people on changing is having facts. So what does the bamboo, why, why do you check for bamboo? Because they use bamboo in their paper processing. Who's they? Uh, people in Southeast Asia. So that you feel like that's 40, what they say. Forty thousand ballots have been. Yeah, I don't believe any of that. Okay. I'm just saying that is part of the mystery that we want to ungaslight people about, and this is a way to do this it. This is part of what you're looking at. I'm not. They are. Wow. I'm here as an observer and a professional in elections for the last 17 years. Joining us now is. John Brakey, director of the Tucson, Arizona-based Audit USA, which, according to their website, is a national nonpartisan group working to restore public ownership and oversight of elections to ensure the fundamental right of every American citizen to vote and to have each vote counted as intended. 
Uh, as a longtime election transparency advocate, John is also, I should note, a longtime friend of both this show and Bradblog.com. Oh, John Brakey, welcome back to the broadcast, sir. Hey, it's great to be here, and thanks for laying it out so clearly for the uh, for the listeners. So, uh, John, you, uh, as you told me throughout the audit, and as, as you joined us several times here for these uh, insider updates, uh, you, you were hoping that this exercise would help ungaslight the public. Do you feel that it did so, John? Hey, yeah, I do. A lot of people, their turnout. Okay, they didn't get the turnout they wanted. Okay, the anti-vaxxers outnumbered them. Okay, and uh, and the story was already out, and they were trying to bury it. And great coverage, Brad. You know, I'm glad that you were able to break this thing. Well, the the question. So, what you're saying is that you believe the reason that Joe Biden won is because the Republicans did not turn out that and and it was it, that was somehow confirmed by what the uh, what the uh, cyber ninjas did here but you well, know absolutely but it also could confirmed by the fact that uh, Larry Moore Benny White and another guy got the cast vote records mm-hmm. and they could see that uh, 59,000 Republicans in Maricopa did not vote for the president for Trump or didn't vote Republican in the Senate. Yeah. The math was there and the hand counts there too. Uh, understood. And but that's something that you at least you and I I believe already knew before this exercise. I mean even though the audit confirmed that you know Biden won and the bulk of these claims uh, you know have already been uh, debunked by experts the the stop the steal crowd they're still using this to call for criminal investigations by the state attorney general in Arizona and for audits elsewhere in other states now even John in Pima County Arizona that's Tucson your hometown so you know I don't know if the folks who needed to be ungaslighted here actually were ungaslighted well, um I will tell yeah uh, you know, I okay, because people are backing off. Okay, yeah. I mean, they're running TV commercials here, saying, uh, you know, I guess in the football game yesterday, yeah, uh, there was that team saying, "Hey, enough's enough." You know, the chair of the Republican Party of the state got to go. Okay, and they're going into it, and the party's trying to take back. Okay, and that's what we have to do. But not doing anything is not a good thing. I know I switched a lot of people, and I know that I made a difference. And I did what John F. Kennedy said. He said, one person can make a difference and everybody should try. Mm-hmm. And I tried. It works. <laughs> and I know you did. And I should note, because you and I, we've been bicker- bickering about this for the past five months or so. Uh, my concern uh, that you were sort of potentially lending some credibility to this uh, scheme that I don't think deserves credibility. And let me be clear about this, John. As you know, because we've talked about it and I've talked about it on air, I'm actually a supporter of post-election audits because uh, I believe that, you know, even the most disinformed conspiracy theorist even has the right to know if his or her election was tabulated accurately. My problem with the exercise in uh, Arizona, in this case, uh, was not the fact that they had questions, even, you know, disinformed questions. It was that the exercise was not a public process. It was all done in secret. Surely you don't support. I know you're a big uh, supporter of post-election audits, but not of this kind. Is that fair to say? I would say that I had a unique situation because of my unique background. Mm -hmm. 
as being a psychotherapist at one point in time in my life, a very good one, to understand how groupthink works and the mentality of people to follow an authoritarian leader. And somebody had to get in there and break up the groupthink, and that's what I do. And what did I, how did I do it? By stating facts, by teaching them it's better to understand than be understood. And that it, you question everything you know. And if we start breaking it down, I was able to logically walk a lot of people back. Mm. And that's what happens when, when you don't challenge groupthink. Mm. They keep going on with it. And that's why I was probably a unique situation. And overall, I guess a lot of people are right. It was the wrong thing to do for most people, but not for me, because I knew I had a great opportunity and I did it. Yeah, and I do know because uh, I've you know talked to others, uh, uh, reporters who who were there. Uh, I you know at at the beginning they weren't allowing anybody in from the media really at all. And I know that you're pressing these folks and pressing uh, former Secretary of State Ken Bennett uh, and and uh, Doug Logan, the, the the chief cyber ninja, actually resulted in more media coverage of uh, what was going on there, even though we weren't allowed to follow the minutia that we should have been allowed to uh, when auditing a public election. Uh, John, you know, while their hand count found that Biden and uh uh, Democratic Senate, Senate candidate Mark Kelly each had actually larger margin of victory than certified, uh, which you know originally tallied by the Dominion computers. I noted that a number of their um, concerns that the ninjas expressed were not unlike those of election integrity advocates like like you or me over the years. You know, calling for tighter and, and more transparent processes. Uh, I note, for example, they call for digital ballot images. Those are photographs of the ballots made by the tabulators when they're counted. You have been a great champion uh, for this to be released to the public within days after an election. They call for that as well, just as you have long called for. Because I forced that into it. And Mm -hmm. then it was one of his. For Ken Bennett, that's a very big thing. He may be. I'm in a funny situation. Uh, I have two candidates maybe running. Well, Adrian Fontes is running for Secretary of State. Mm-hmm. Close friend, okay? For the uh, former, uh, un- until November, he was the uh, county recorder, the Democratic county recorder in uh, in Maricopa County, now been replaced by a Republican. Exactly the case. He also, was in July, was testifying in the House. Mm-hmm. He is a great American. He's a Marine, and he's Hispanic. And his uncle is one of my best friends. Okay. okay? And, uh, and I have an ultimate, and he built one of the best election departments in the country. Yeah. And then they built their own voter tracking system. It's like UPS. And, you know, that's where Dr. Shiva, he never understood how Maricopa does it. And well, and I, centers, 92% is vote by mail. Uh, uh, 8% comes in. Uh, you know, through the election day that's counted on the machine, and there's two kinds of vote-by-mail here. There's a vote-by-mail you mail, and there's a ballot that when you go to vote before election day at a voting center that you put your license below a kiosk, you walk over the printer, Mr. Brakey, can I see your license? Here it is, Mr. Brakey, here is your ballot in an envelope. 
They're or, showing your ID. They are sort of scratch or whatever. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 I was going to say that's early absentee voting is is what it's called in in yeah, in some places. Yeah, and and when you refer to Dr. Shiva, he was one of these guys. He's right wingers, by the way, a guy who claims to have invented email. Uh, they brought him in to do an analysis on that and uh, on 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 the ballots, the envelopes that were used to cast absentee ballots. And it was also clear that he did not know what the hell he was talking about when he made his presentation on Friday. But, John, uh, what I'm wondering is, did these cyber ninjas, with all of their recommendations, so many of them, you know, already debunked, did they find anything that uh, you saw in their, you know, three-volume report with all sorts of additional data along with it? Did they find anything uh, that made this exercise ultimately worthwhile? Anything of of concern that, you know, troubled you in, in any way? The whole thing troubled me. (laughs) <laughs> the whole thing was a grift, okay? The reason they want experts is because they didn't want people to know how screwed up they were. What were these people, Brad? You've talked about them before. You know what they really were? They were parents, parent election experts. They're the best talkers, Brad, but the worst <laughs> producers. They pretend to know what they're talking about. They claim that the election was stolen and ask for donations. It's it's pretty easy to do, Brad, when you have an ex-president claiming it was stolen and saying that the grifters are right. And did they, did they, John Brakey, did they, by the way, if you want to call in, if you've got any questions for me or John on this, 818-985-5735 is our phone number, 818-985-KPFK. Uh, John, did, uh, did they, did they find, did the ninjas find any evidence of bamboo because I don't I did not find any reference to it in the three volume report that I saw. I don't think they did. <laughs> I know they didn't. In fact, you know, Pulitzer, that crazy guy. Okay, we were able to get another one, and I have to explain, John, another uh, crazy guy, Jovan Pulitzer, Jovan Pulitzer, that they brought in, uh, claiming that he could tell merely by looking under a microscope or something at a ballot, whether it was fraudulent or not. Did did he come up with any of this so-called evidence that he could that he swore would be found if only they let him do all the kinetic imaging that he had wanted to do? No, he didn't. But he was paid $200,000 on the grift. Okay? <laughs> and didn't even do nothing. He did take a look at some, analyze some stuff. And then go out and do his radio shows and hustle uh, more sheeple, the Trump sheeple. Were, by the way, were you paid for any of this, John? No, but I did. Sit, I did get three meals a day. Well, they a pretty good cafeteria. Okay, okay? Uh-huh. and I wouldn't accept their money because oh. you know what? Their money is so bad. Your credit is so bad. In my book, I'd be afraid to take their cash. Okay. I did what I did up there because it was the right thing to do. With my experience, my knowledge, I am an expert. My God, I've been in 15 states looking at this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But now, now, John, this is spreading like a virus to all of these other states. Hey, I think I might have slowed it down. Mm -hmm. You think not me not showing up? No, no, no! I'm not. I'm not blaming you for it uh, spreading. I'm wondering what you don't blame me because (laughs) I was there. I extended it because no, I I kneecapped it. Okay, Uh, rightfully. uh, The truth. I. I hear you. I understand. I'm just wondering. You know the 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 real didn't jump in. They didn't show up. 
I had to fight to get the Secretary of State people in. Yeah. I had to get the fight to get the media in. Yeah. Okay. And I made a lot of great friends with people who are now turning on this thing. Okay. And you know, it's not going to happen overnight. We're still not done. I may even go to Wisconsin. For the next audit. Yeah, well, that was one if of the... happened. That... I don't want to do Texas. I just don't want to go to Texas. Well, nobody would blame you for that, John. Uh, do you? Do, uh, that was one of my next questions. Being on the inside there, knowing uh, you know a lot of the people that you were dealing with for the past, I don't know how many, you know, five months, do you think that it changed any minds within the MAGA mob? Do they look at this and say, you know what, we looked at, at this every which way and there really is nothing here? Yes, on some people. Yeah. I have not been in contact with a lot of them, you know, and, uh, but when I went there, I saw a lot of them went there. And a lot of people who are involved in the accounting, they're very disillusioned. And, all of, and everybody's now free of their MDA, okay? And they can talk. And so I'm going to start talking to them to get to certain people in the media and start really exposing because, Brad, we don't even trust the results they released. We knew that they probably lost control of it. And why did they show Trump losing and Biden picking up a few votes? Because they want to show how good their system is and take it into another state. Mm. Well, that's... And who's going to go back and look at it? And listen, the most important document that I wanted, I bought a five-terabyte drive mm -hmm. only to go ahead and get the report, which is a huge spreadsheet. Starts at column A, it couldn't end at HH. And on every row where they counted ballots, there will be three pieces of paper. Counter one, counter two, and counter three. The date they did it, and if we get this to Larry Moore and Benny White and the, uh, the trio, they're going to be able to figure it out. John, I got uh, two uh, sort of quick questions, but I think they're important ones that I want to get your thoughts on before I let you go here. Uh, people have been arguing that the real point of the Arizona audit was not to overturn the last election. It is to overturn the next one, to put enough doubts in place that the uh, Arizona State Senate and other uh, legislatures around the country controlled by Republicans can put in new laws to make it even harder to vote. I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Is that what all of this was really about? I think it's part of it. But yes, they want to carry this into the 22. They want to keep their people gaslighted, okay? And they want to keep telling them that, uh, you know, it's just like Ravon Pulitzer in that movie stood up and he had the ballots in hand. He had different colors. And he said, you see these red ones? That's the ones that were smuggled in from China. You know, it's using, it's weird what they tell people and we can, that's why people got to get involved with their aunts and uncles and cousins and, and uh, study this. Because ignoring him is not a good thing to do. It's not a solution. All right, John. Finally, um, there are uh, pending lawsuits, cases that are still uh, uh, working their way through the, the courts out there in Arizona, trying to get the cyber ninjas uh, and the state Senate who were working in cahoots here, to release all the documentation. I believe a, a state judge has already determined that any of the documents between the state Senate and the cyber ninjas who they hired is actually public documents, public records that should be released to the public. A judge has ordered them uh, to the state Senate to release those documents, but they withheld, as I understand, thousands and thousands of documents. Can, uh, can you confirm that, and uh, do you have any idea what is going on there, John Brakey? Well... Uh, I certainly can. That's very disturbing. When you do a great grift like this, you don't want people reading my reports, okay, because they have 
I held mine back. My son wrote a letter to Karen Fan. That's public. But all the text messages, all the emails, all the complaining I did, it's in those documents. All the information about how the 150 to 175,000 ballots were counted twice and the thumb drives going home with somebody, those are in those emails, and they don't want to release them. And so I am releasing them pretty soon. I contacted American Oversight mm -hmm. and said, I want to talk to them. I want them to help me pull this down very carefully, and then I want to put a package and get it to them, and then I may send it some friends. So you're going to share information that, uh, your own information that you had, uh, texts and email and so forth with the state Senate, with the cyber ninjas, you're going to release that information because that stuff that was not released in the tranche of documents that was recently released, and you, so you know that it's being withheld, in other words? Uh, I know it because I saw the report that said we will not provide you the documents from John Blakey, and we've huh. withheld everything. Why wouldn't they? Because they'll know that I saw the grift early on, because a lot of it I documented to Ken Bennett. And that's where Ken and me became very, very close. And, uh, and so Ken will be pretty soon speaking about all of this. He's hmm. a good friend, and he's a good man. I couldn't have done what I did unless I hooked up with a guy like that. He's flawed one way, Brad. You know what it is? He's honest to a flaw. And you know what? They make pretty good politicians. Well, we will see. I will look forward to Ken Bennett coming out and uh, uh, singing about what he knows here. I, I'd love to have him on the show because he was not as outspoken as you were. As a matter of fact, in many cases, he sort of defended the cyber ninjas when I thought he should have come out uh, against them. I know he did sort of at the end, uh, quietly and privately with uh, Karen Fan. Uh, I wish he was as loud and obnoxious in a good way as you are, John. <laughs> well, he could be like a regular politician yeah. He's waiting to see a tipping point and jump. Yeah. You know how Obama went for a gay marriage, okay? Yeah. yeah. Or for other things. He waited until it was a tipping point. Okay. 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 And you know, maybe that's part of his strategy. He's a smart guy. He's gotcha. A good man. I was in a foxhole for five months with him. There was days I walked in there, I was shocked they let me in. I, I I was for five months also shocked that they let you in, John. Uh, but you know me. I do know you. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't let you into my house one day, much less five oh, months. Come on, but, now, that's going too old. <laughs> All right, John. I'm you a brother from a different mother after that one. Oh no, you are my uh, brother from a different mother, indeed, John Brakey. Uh, I got to let you go here. Uh, we got some other breaking news that I'll come back with at the uh, af after the break here. John Brakey is the director of. Audit USA, longtime champion of election transparency. Uh, someday, maybe soon, he will not be known as John Bamboo Breaky, but uh, it may take a while to wear off, John. You can find uh, what they do, what Audit Elections USA do at uh, AuditElectionsUSA.org. Also on the Facebook at Audit.USA. And, John, are you guys on Twitter? Uh, yeah, but I never tweet. All I'm right. Much, you know, I talk too long. Yeah, I, don't, I don't blame you. All right, man. Yeah. Uh, thank uh, you. Always great speaking with you, my friend. Uh, congratulations you, on surviving the past five months, and I suspect we'll be talking in the days ahead. Thanks, John. I imagine so.
Thank you, brother. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back with uh, some news on voting from California here today within the last few minutes. And, yes, from Congress on the debt ceiling. And hopefully I'll have time for a call or two before we go. 818-985-KPFK. I'm Brad Friedman. This is The Bradcast. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. As usual, I ran late there, so i got to give you this breaking news very quickly here. Um, the uh, Here the the local news, if you will, in California, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom has now signed a bill making universal vote-by-mail permanent. It is not only for uh, pandemics anymore, uh, apparently. You will now be sent a vote-by-mail ballot each and every election. That is now permanent. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, well, we'll save that conversation for another day. Also, uh, as I suggested at the top of the show, Senate Republicans have now voted to block a spending bill that was needed to avert both a government shutdown and federal debt default which will happen at some point next month, as the New York Times uh, notes, moving the nation closer to the brink of fiscal crisis as they refuse to allow Democrats to lift the limit on federal borrowing. <sighs> Unbelievable. Do we have uh, time for we do have time for uh, we got time for Mo in Long Beach. That's it. You got 10 seconds, brother Mo. You know what, Brad? I never, ever thought in my lifetime that I'd hear somebody more passionate about American voting than you. But that John Brokey's a bad man. Don't get jealous. That's a bad man there. <laughs> I, give I, I hear you. He oh. is. Thanks, uh, thanks, Mo. I appreciate that. we got to get out. My thanks to our producer, Desi Doyen, to my board operator, Federico Garcia, of course, John Brakey of Audit USA, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com. Send me email if you like. Love to hear from you. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. On the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. I will see you there until we see you here next time, hopefully tomorrow. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. <laughs> <laughs>